Today is June 4th, 2021, and our first story. China is threatening nuclear war against the U.S. over our inquiries into the origins of COVID. And now a lead scientist who wrote a letter denouncing lab leak theory has flipped, saying we must investigate. Many outlets are already talking about the war with China and how it's coming. Taiwan may be the catalyst or maybe it's COVID. In our next story, riots erupt in Minneapolis after the shooting of an armed fugitive and the police, their attempt to remove the George Floyd no-go zone. And in our last story, a prominent influencer and democratic socialist is being slammed for gloating over a $2 million apartment she now has. Many people are saying just like Bernie Sanders when he stopped saying the millionaires after becoming one. If you like the show, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. You may have seen this story a few days ago. China threatens nuclear war, expanding arsenal in case of intense showdown with U.S., Chinese state media said that if the U.S. investigates the origin of COVID-19, they will need to expand their nuclear arsenal to send a shiver down our spine, making it clear nuclear war is a very real possibility if we want to investigate the Wuhan lab leak. Truth be told, the statement does send a shiver down my spine. The defining trait of courage is not lacking fear. If you lack fear, you could become reckless. You may endanger others. The defining trait of courage is overcoming that fear to, well, do what needs to be done, accomplish your goal or rise to the challenge. I would not back down in the face of this threat, especially if it's true that through recklessness or malice, China has released a virus on this world. Now, we don't know exactly what happened with COVID-19. We don't know for sure that lab leak is true. But another prominent scientist has now flipped. In fact, this scientist is one of the original deniers of the lab leak hypothesis. He is now calling for a thorough investigation into COVID's origin. As he admits, a lot of disturbing information has surfaced since he signed the Lancet letter denouncing the theory. My friends, we are entering the fourth turning. If you're familiar with Strauss Howe generational theory, you know what this means. And for those that don't, let me just put it this way. 80 years ago, we had World War II. 80 years before that, we had a civil war. 80 years before that, we had a revolutionary war. And so the idea is that every 80 years, we go through this cycle and we are, well, we should be expecting some kind of very serious conflict. And the theory states that every war is fought with the most powerful weapons available at the time, which in this case may be nuclear weapons, but it may not be. I've long argued that it could very well be social media, propaganda, manipulation, and this posturing about nuclear weapons may just be propaganda and manipulation, an attempt to scare us into not defending our Pacific Asian partners, Taiwan, and scaring us into not investigating the origins of COVID-19. But we also must recognize something else that I talk about frequently on my channels, on my shows, Thucydides Trap. You're probably familiar with it, but again, those that aren't, whenever a rising economic power is on the verge of displacing the dominant power, it tends to be that war erupts. So we may be looking at full-scale war with China. Many articles have already popped up saying, are we on track with war? Then articles pop up saying, we are on track 
with for, for war with China. Now we're getting stories. We must stop this march towards war with China. And believe it or not, China is already winning World War Three. These articles have all been written. I don't know what to expect, but I can only tell you to pay attention because something big is coming. It may not be World War Three in the way you expect it. It may not be ships in the Pacific fighting each other. It could be propaganda war. It could be cyber war. And if some of these articles are true, that we're already in this war, and it's economic power and propaganda, we are watching our critical infrastructure get attacked from the colonial pipeline to JBS meat supplies. Yeah, it might not be soldiers marching on the battlefield. It may just be crippling our economy. Well, this happened. If lab leak is true, it would be that through China's incompetence or malice, our economy was absolutely decimated. Let's read the story. First, I'll start with the threat of nuclear war from China for those that may have missed it. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member and get access to exclusive members only podcasts from the TimCast IRL show. Last night, we did a full bonus episode. I and Seamus of Freedom Tunes, we had a long debate in about uh, about pro-choice versus pro-life. And it's an interesting one. I think you'll I think you'll uh, be interested in watching it. And many of you probably won't agree with me, but hear it. It's, it's interesting. If you like the work that I do and you think it's important, becoming a member helps us expand the business. It insulates us and protects us from censorship. It allows us to hire new people. We got some new journalists hopefully joining soon, and we're going to be doing on the ground reporting, short documentaries from the ground. I think many of you will, will appreciate it, but don't forget I don't compete with CNN in terms of marketing. They get propped up by YouTube. YouTube gives them the front page. YouTube gives them the search. If you really like the work I do, please share this video. Take the URL, paste it wherever you can, because this one, this time, this is serious. The New York Post says China threatens nuclear war. The media mouthpiece of the Chinese government touted the country's urgent goal to expand its arsenal of long-range nuclear missiles in anticipation of an intense showdown with the U.S. Quote, as the U.S. strategic containment of China has increasingly intensified, I would like to remind again that we have plenty of urgent tasks. But among the most important ones is to rapidly increase the number of commissioned nuclear warheads and the DF-41s, the strategic missiles that are capable to strike long-range and have high survivability in the Chinese arsenal, wrote Hu Xijian, the editor of the Global Times. The number of China's nuclear warheads must reach the quantity that makes U.S. elites shiver should they entertain the idea of engaging in a military confrontation with China, he said in an opinion piece. On this basis, we can calmly and actively manage divergences with Washington to avoid a minor incident sparking a war. U.S. hostility towards China is burning. We must use our strength and consequences that Washington cannot afford to bear if it takes risky moves to keep them sober, who wrote, adding that Beijing must be ready for the intense showdown. The threat from the editor of the Global Times comes as Biden ordered the U.S. intelligence community to take another look at whether the coronavirus leak leaked from a Chinese lab. The agencies have a 90 day deadline to come back with a report on their findings. Biden, while making the announcement, blamed China's lack of transparency for hindering earlier investigations into the origin of the coronavirus a pandemic that has killed more than 3.5 million people around the world and caused massive economic pain. Now, again, many of you may have seen that story, but I needed to give you that context because now it's starting to get real serious. We have 90 days. 
There will be an investigation. Perhaps the intelligence communities will say yes. They'll say no. Who knows? Maybe they'll say war isn't worth it. They'll come back and they will say we don't know. Maybe they'll say the truth is more important. Maybe they'll find the lab leak is true. Well, now we're getting the lead scientists coming out and saying it. Peter Police has U-turned after claiming virus was natural in origin. New York microbiologist signed letter in Lancet denouncing all of the theories. Bullying letter has been described as ostracizing dissenting voices in science. They say one of the 27 COVID lab leak deniers who signed a letter denouncing the theory that the virus escaped from a lab in Wuhan has now called for a thorough investigation. Dr. Peter Police, a microbiologist at Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York, signed the letter in The Lancet in February last year, claiming the virus could only have been natural in origin and to suggest otherwise would create fear, rumors and prejudice. The bullying letter orchestrated by Dr. Peter Daschet, the head of the nonprofit that funneled U.S. taxpayer dollars to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, was criticized by experts for ostracizing anyone offering different opinions on the virus's origins. It is only now, nearly 16 months after that letter was published in the world-renowned medical journal, that the theory COVID was accidentally leaked from a lab in Wuhan is being looked at seriously. They say now Professor Police 77 has made a significant U-turn. Admitting all theories on how COVID came about now need proper investigating. He told Mail Online, I believe a thorough investigation about investigation about the origin of the COVID-19 virus is needed. A lot of disturbing information has surfaced since the Lancet letter I signed. So I want to see answers covering all questions. Asked how he originally approached to sign, asked how he was originally approached to sign the letter and what new information had come to light specifically. Professor Police declined to comment. Police spoke out as America's leading pandemic expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, continues to face fevered calls to resign after emails revealed the leading virus experts warned COVID could be man-made, even as he downplayed the possibility. The emails also showed that he communicated with Dr. Dashek, the head of the nonprofit that funneled taxpayer dollars to the Wuhan lab. Biden threw his support behind the embattled expert on Friday, saying, yes, I'm very confident in Dr. Fauci. Now, we learned from Jack Posobiec. He reported a White House official said they were looking for an exit for Dr. Fauci. I believe this is indicative of a serious escalation, which could be bad for all of us. Now, some people are saying it's a gotcha, that this guy was biased. He hated Trump. And now he's only coming out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I am playing those games. This man put his faith in the wrong person, Dr. Fauci. And he put his faith in the U.S. government. He signed the letter because of what he saw and what he believed. I'm not going to blame him for being wrong. People are wrong. Pencils have erasers. But I will blame Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci had an email from January 31st, 2020 that suggested bioengineering. That's very serious. Dr. Fauci sent an email asking whether or not this could have been their fault. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. 
Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. He knew. At least it could have been. And he downplayed it. And many other scientists downplayed it. But I'm not here to talk about lab leak for the most part. No, I'm here to talk about the prospect for very serious war with China. I bring up lab, le- lab leak only that it's resulting in this dramatic escalation of tensions between the U.S. and China. China now saying, we got to lock and load, baby crank up them nuclear weapons, and we were already worried this would be the case. It's not just about lab leak or COVID, but that could be a major catalyst. As more and more people start coming out saying it may be true, China's feeling threatened. Fauci is trying to downplay it. But more and more people, prominent individuals and media are saying lab leak seems to be the most plausible. In which case, Tensions between the U.S. and China are going to get very serious. Our economy is in shambles because of COVID. Now, I understand it was because of the actions of Democrats. It was the actions of Joe Biden. But sure, first and foremost, we can first we can we can blame Democrats. But first and foremost, we must recognize who's responsible for this, who lied. China lied the whole time. Early on in the pandemic, China ordered its citizens around the world to buy up PPE, protective gear, and send it back to China. Seems like they knew. And now it may escalate into full-scale war. From PBS, Taiwan's foreign minister says China is preparing for war. Here's Taiwan's response plan. This story is from May 25th. They say, Taiwan, which China considers a breakaway province, is the most tense issue between Beijing and the U.S., uh, Taiwan argues it is, one of the, it is on the front line of democracy against Chinese authoritarianism and is increasingly facing military harassment. Nick Scheifrin speaks to Joseph Wu, Taiwan's foreign minister, about the issue and the role the U.S. can play in uh, mediating conflict in the region. Now, I'm not interested in reading the whole, uh, you know, the whole of the transcript. I will just read one section for some, con- uh, some, some context. Joseph Wu says, I think Beijing has been preparing for war against Taiwan. And that is what we have been seeing. They are preparing for it. If you look at the number of sorties, it's around 2,900 times last year. So the threat has been increasing. And when we examine in a closer way, the Chinese sometimes even cross the middle line of the Taiwan Strait. And you know, the middle of Taiwan Strait has been safeguarding peace and stability for the Taiwan Strait for decades. I think they are also trying to cut off Taiwan from the international society. For example, they are trying to squeeze us out from the international organizations. They present us from entering into the World Health Organization. They are preventing us from getting international recognition. They are forcing other countries not to have official contact with us. And moreover, Chinese are also engaging in cognitive warfare. They use cyber attack, disinformation, and something similar to disrupt the democratic process here in Taiwan, to create a conflict in between the government and society, or to create a distrust between Taiwan and our major ally, which is the United States. Curious, I wonder if the U.S. would stand up for Taiwan at this point. I don't know. I've heard many people say that Biden is weak, his administration is weak, and many people in the Biden transition team were supportive of China. 
We also see that their economic interests in the US, the NBA especially, they love China. We also saw John Cena apologizing to China for saying Taiwan was a country. We are not unified here. China, they know that the iron is hot and they could actually strike. From, the mili- from military.com, I hope you guys pay attention to this one. Pentagon eyes new bombs for war with China, not ISIS. That's right. It seems like the U.S. is even preparing for war. It's not just China on our side as well. It's scary, man. It's worrying. We don't want war with China, but it seems like the escalation is here. Military.com says the Air Force will buy fewer joint direct attack munitions or JDAMs, Hellfire missiles and small diameter bombs as it prepares to invest in state of the art long range weapons that are better suited for operations in the Pacific, according to its fiscal 2022 budget request. The service has requested $161 million to buy an initial production of 12 air launched rapid response weapon or ARRW pronounced arrow hypersonic weapons to move it out of the research and development phase. Despite the, sh- the service shifting more resources toward the Aero program last year, the missile failed its first flight, te- f- first flight test a few weeks ago. The Air Force also wants to increase its procurement of the Joint Air-to-Surface Standoff Missile Extended Range, or JASM-ER, stealth cruise missiles, an advanced weapon with a range of roughly 600 miles. The budget documents state, Officials have previously stated that the JASM and its cousin, the long-ranged anti-ship missile, or LRASM, can be used to sta- for standoff precision strikes throughout the vast expanses of the Pacific region. To fund those efforts, the service will reduce its purchases of JDAMs, the first iteration of the small diameter bomb, and Hellfire missiles, said Major General James D. Pecchia, the Air Force Deputy Assistant Secretary overseeing the budget at the Office of the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for, for Financial Management and Comptroller. Pekia told reporters Friday that the service has reached healthy inventory levels of the munitions and now will focus on the more advanced weapons. The Air Force will, Force will ask Congress for about 1,900 JDAM munitions, according to the documents, compared to 16,800 last year. The service wants to buy only 1,176 AGM-114 Hellfire missiles this year, down from 4,517 last year. And it plans to reduce its buy of GBU-39 small diameter bomb, one, or SDB-1 to 998 from 2,462 last year. It would seem that these weapons are better suited for drone strikes and Middle Eastern conflict. It now looks plain and simple. The U.S. military is preparing for Pacific conflict, air force and naval operations. To bolster its inventory of conventional munitions that allow aircraft to stay outside the range of enemy air defenses, the service's funding request for JASM ER, which incorporates low observable technology, has increased by $211 million to grow production line capacity. The Air Force wants to buy 525 missiles this year, up from 400 last year. Over the years, the Air Force has added thousands more JDAMs, SDBs, and Hellfire missiles in its effort to build up its precision guided munition inventory. And they go on to give a little bit about the history. They say, to boost its stockpiles, the service worked with defense companies to procure precision guided bomb packages, including tail kits that use GPS to guide the bombs to their intended targets. The U.S. likes to use war. I shouldn't say the U.S. necessarily, but many industries to bolster its economy. Could it be that um, the economy is bad because we're preparing for war? 
or we are preparing for war because the economy is getting bad and the U.S. wants to reassert its dominance globally and enforce the petrodollar. You often hear this line, Saddam Hussein, he didn't want to trade U.S. dollars for oil. He wanted to get off the dollar. Muammar Gaddafi, he wanted to trade in dinars, gold for oil. Both of those men were invaded and killed. Some people suggest that anyone who dare oppose the U.S. reserve currency may meet an untimely fate. But China, who's been using U.S. dollars for the Belt and Road Initiative, well, they're powerful and they're large and there's not going to be a ground invasion. Will the U.S. give up their opportunity, their, their, their standing? I don't think so. When Hillary Clinton was on the debate stage with Donald Trump, she, she alluded to the potential for war with Russia. And Trump said this is bad. So people voted for Trump. Hillary Clinton, it would seem, knew that if we let them keep pushing and we lose our standing with the petrodollar, well, it would be really bad for all of us. And she was absolutely willing to go to war, that being the case. Now that the Democrats have regained control, though it's not Hillary Clinton, it seems they still will be pushing for this. It seems like they're absolutely willing to go to war. The war won't just start overnight. It won't just be Taiwan. We don't know what it will be if a war does ignite. But it very well may start here. From the BBC.com, Biden expands U.S. US investment ban on Chinese firms. The new executive order will come into effect on the 2nd of August, hitting 59 firms, including communications giant Huawei. The list of firms will be updated on a rolling basis. It expands an order previously issued by former President Donald Trump. Even before the official announcement, China suggested it would retaliate. Under the new order, U.S. investors will be banned from buying or selling publicly traded securities for other companies, including the China General Nuclear Power Corporation, China Mobile Limited, and CoStar Group. It expands the previous list from 31 firms to include surveillance companies and is aimed at ensuring U.S. persons are not financing the military industrial complex of the Chinese of the People's Republic of China, one White House official said, quote, the prohibitions are intentionally targeted and scoped to maximize the impact on the targets while minimizing harm to global markets. The official added, Huawei recently said the sanctions imposed on it by the U.S. in 2019 have had a major impact on its mobile phone business. The U.S. took action amid claims that the company posed a security risk. And last July, and, uh, uh, and last July, the U.K. said it would exclude the company from building its 5G network. The new list of companies barred from U.S. investment will update one from the Department of Defense. Quote, we fully expect that in the months ahead, we'll be adding additional companies to the new executive order's restrictions, the White House said. It comes as the surveillance of citizens, including Uyghurs in the Xinjiang region in particular, has come under scrutiny. The Biden administration also accused China of acting more aggressively abroad and more repressively at home. Cassandra Fairbanks, she is a commentator. You may have seen her. You may know who she is. She was on the Tim Castile podcast. And I asked her, what do we do about the Uyghur Muslim crisis? I mean, these people are in these, these camps. It's horrifying. I said, maybe sanctions made sense. Cassandra uh, uh, rejected that argument and pushed back, saying sanctions will lead to war. And we do not want to go to war. War is bad. Well, obviously there I agree. But should we be openly trading with the nation that's doing this? Cassandra's fears that'll lead to war. And she argued, China may be engaging in atrocities, but so are many other countries. It's none of our business and we shouldn't get involved. It's a good argument. I, I, I understand it and I agree with it to a great deal. But there still is a philosophical and moral conundrum. What if China is engaging in very serious atrocities outside of China? What if they invade Taiwan? It's tough. At what point does the U.S. say we cannot allow them to take over the world? 
We're not the world police. I don't think we should be. So it's very, very difficult. And I don't have the answers. The only thing I can really point out is that I typically would say the war is bad. And there are very few circumstances in which I think war is acceptable. But at the very least, I can tell you, it seems war is probable at this point. That's what's worrying to me. The New York Times wrote on April 27th, Thomas L. Friedman, is there a war coming between China and the U.S.? Now, we don't have all the answers. Thomas says, if you're looking for a compelling beach read this summer, I recommend the novel 2034 by James Stavridis, a retired admiral and Elliot Ackerman, a former Marine and intelligence officer. The book is about how China and America go to war in 2034, beginning with a naval battle near Taiwan and with China acting in a tacit alliance with Iran and Russia. He says, I'm not giving it away. I'm not giving it all away to say China and the U.S. end up in a nuclear shootout and incinerate a few of each other's cities. And the result is that neutral India becomes a dominant world power. Hey, it's a novel. What made the book unnerving, though, was when was that when I would put it down and picked up today's newspaper, I read much of what it was predicting for 13 years from now. Iran and China just signed a 25 year cooperation agreement. Vladimir Putin just massed troops on the border of Ukraine while warning the U.S. that anyone who threatens Russia will regret will regret their deeds more than they have regretted anything in a long time. As fleets of Chinese fighter jets armed with electronic warfare technology now regularly buzz Taiwan, China's top foreign affairs policymaker just declared that the U.S. does not have the qualification to speak to China from a position of strength. Yikes. That's life imitating, a lot, a li- life imitating art a little too closely for comfort. Why now? Well, I'm not going to read the entirety of the op-ed, just to point out. The conversation has been escalating. CNN, why are Australian officials hinting at war with China? They, they, they conclude in, the, well, they're going to mention a lot. China can't stop talking about Bill and Melinda Gates' divorce around Asia. There's a lot going on. And yes, we have seen conflict between Asia and um, uh, China and Australia. The U.S., of course, siding with Australia. I believe there was a moment where an Australian naval vessel accompanied U.S. naval vessels through the Strait of Taiwan. Here's the hill. China is already winning World War III via money. They say actor John Cena's cringeworthy apology to China has become a viral sensation. While it may seem trivial to some, it serves as a visual touchstone to the aggressive tactics China employs to achieve domination. While promoting the ninth installment of the Fast and the Furious movie franchise to a Taiwanese broadcaster, Cena said in part, Taiwan is the first country that can watch F9. Cue the outrage. Now, most of you know the story. John Cena then came out and issued a a, a massive apology. They say, in the minds of of China's civilian and military leadership, they are acting in the best interests of their nation. Why bother to use your military might when those you oppose can be subjugated through economic means? That the United States is so easily letting them win across the board is truly shocking. Chinese Communist Party leaders truly must be secretly stunned that American corporations, universities and colleges, Hollywood film studios and sports leagues so willingly gorge themselves on CCP money. They pour in the trough. It's akin to fattening chickens and cattle until they have served their purpose and are ready to be devoured. While the term useful idiot has been attributed to the murderous duo of former Soviet premiers Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin, looking to cultivate obedient sympathizers to their Marxist goals via money, ideology, or violence. Today, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines useful idiot as a naive or credulous person who can be manipulated or exploited to advance a cause or political agenda. Billionaire entrepreneur Peter Thiel recently invoked that description 
when criticizing certain big tech corporations happily extracting billions of dollars from the CCP ATM machine while deliberately turning a blind eye to China's forced labor camps and the human atrocities being committed within its borders. And what have we seen today? They announced that Donald Trump will remain banned on Twitter, on Facebook, sorry, for another for another several, uh, another several years, two years to be exact. He may get his account back in January. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply while these big tech corporations silence american politicians what do they do they're allowing chinese government officials iranian government officials to use these platforms with impunity for the most part and they say rather horrifying things. But that's right. The United States is being extracted. Many of these corporations are gleefully taking the money from China and they know. Now, it's bad news. Maybe there's some good news. Maybe many people would think it's better that the U.S. just gives up, takes the wealth and watches the country fall apart if it means we don't have nuclear war. I mean, Thucydides' trap would be really bad. I entertained this thought in a conversation with some experts on China, and I said, is it possible the U.S. is trying to avoid Thucydides' trap? We don't want to go to war, so hey, tank the economy on purpose. That way, instead of China reaching the economic level of the U.S. and war breaking out, as China is rising, the U.S. economy collapses so far down, no war could be possible. I mean, there's probably many global interests that think it'd be better the U.S. collapse than there be an actual nuclear war. But does that mean it's actually going to happen? No, I think we are absolutely marching towards war. And here's another article from The Hill. Congress must stop the march toward war with China. They write, Defense Secret- Def- Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks left no room for misinterpretation about why President Biden's, President Biden's pronounced defense budget increase increases former President Trump's already egregious Pentagon top line by, by more than uh, 12 billion. The department in this budget takes a clear eyed approach to Beijing and provides the investments to prioritize China as our our pacing challenge. Indeed, it seems the Biden administration has done little more than copy and paste Trump's defense budget, emphasizing China as a core military threat. Congress appears to be taking a similar approach. Recently, a host of China focused language was put into the Endless Frontier Act. Among the provisions were limitations on research collaboration between Americans and foreigners and offers of security assistance to global partners willing to counter China. While China's rise is a significant geopolitical challenge, Congress should dial back the march towards a new Cold War, swapping military dominance for diplomacy 
and cooperation to address the varied threats China poses. In an era of globalization and increased economic interdependence, approaching China as a military threat misunderstands China's grand strategy. This approach is already leading us towards billions of dollars of wasted defense funding. Defense, defense funding. Now, it seems this article is basically saying we do not want to go to war. Don't do it. It's going to happen. I mean, I'm worried it's going to happen. I don't know for sure, but it feels like it's going to happen. Should America be ill prepared? I don't know. So what do we do? I mean, the article basically says what? Should we just start doing more business with China? Should we offshore more of our manufacturing, cripple ourselves? Donald Trump was trying to shore up our defenses. He was trying to bring the factories back, get more people working. And if they were, we would be able to defend ourselves. Perhaps the idea was by extracting our factories to China, no one could go to war because China was becoming uh, becoming dependent on America as a customer. I think it's naive. When COVID outbreak happened, China turned around PPE gear that was leaving their, their, their ports, brought it back and said, it's for us. Even though it was paid for by Americans and it was, it was done in Chinese factories, they said, we need it. It's ours. Then we had a shortage. Then Dr. Fauci said, you don't need to be wearing masks. And then people didn't. Maybe we need to be able to manufacture our own goods, our own lumber, our own medicines, our own PPE. But if people keep pushing this agenda of outsourcing these factories, then China could simply just say, cut them off. And then we get nothing and we can't build anything. We are being hollowed out. In the end, I fear that a war would be inevitable. And of course, the Global Times thinks so. Coming from the mouthpiece themselves, why U.S. will lose a war with China over Taiwan Island. Notice they call it an island, not a country. They make sure to include it as an island. And they say we will lose because that's what they're going to push. Now, I've heard many people say, Tim, China's a paper tiger. They can't win. They don't have the technology. They can't go up against us. I mean, our economy has been crippled. We are stagnant. We are facing a total meltdown over COVID. Maybe they already did. I don't want to go to war. None of you want to go to war. We don't want to see it happen. Maybe we'll just drift into woke obscurity with the State Department authorizing the Black Lives Matter flag flying over embassies and we'll eventually become a vassal state to China. I don't want that to happen either. Sometimes war happens whether you want it or not. Sometimes the war is brought to your shores. So what do you do? The best thing you can do now, in my opinion, keep your ear to the ground, pay attention, make sure you have adequate supplies and you're ready because the fourth turning suggests conflict is coming. Thucydides' trap suggests it will be with China and maybe they're both wrong. Maybe this is the one time out of the past three 80 year cycles it just doesn't happen. All right. Hope so. I certainly do. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and we will see you all then. Another day, another fiery protest raging yet again in Minneapolis after cops fatally shoot armed fugitive. Yes, some rioting erupted in Minneapolis at George Floyd Square, the far left no-go zone. See, police tried to recapture this location the other day, and within like an hour, I think, Antifa and BLM came back and just re-seized this area. And that's going to keep happening because we don't have a national conversation around how to stop the extremists. Now, it's Friday. 
Happy Friday, everybody. You know what that means? It means that uh, tonight will probably be very serious riots, maybe even around the country. A man was shot and killed by police after all. He was armed, though. So, so maybe it just really depends on how tired everyone is. I've been, seeing a lot of, I've been seeing a lot of posts from people where they're just like, I'm just so tired. And I'm like, bro, I feel you, man. Uh, how many videos I'm going to make about another riot happens and the police do you arrest some people. The DAs drop the charges. It goes. It happens again. And then over in Congress, the Democrats will just start talking about January 6th again. And we won't actually have any real movement on this. Seems to be the case. And so people are tired. I'm sure many people on the left are tired because they're not really doing much other than, well, I guess it's a gradual erosion. So they're gaining ground in that capacity. Uh, on our end, I can probably just Google search riot every day and find a story like this and just make another video where I say the same thing. So what do we do? Well, I'll tell you one thing. First, I will go through the news and explain to you what's happening because we've got uh, this man who was shot and killed and we'll learn about what happened with that. But I want to stress the importance of the, the vlog we set up, youtube.com slash castcastle, because we're trying to make cultural content that counters leftist cultural content. You turn on these movies, you watch these vlogs, and many of these people just push establishment woke talking points. I don't care to do that. I don't care to pander to anybody's tribe. And I'll give you one really good example of the importance of building culture outside of just reporting the news. We have a Gadsden flag flying in the skate park. So when people are watching videos of us hanging out in the skate park and 3D printing, they can see that flag. It's that kind of thing that I think will help us in many, many ways fight for freedom. Plus doing videos about going to the range and learning gun safety. You've got to make cultural content. It cannot just be that the, the people who are challenging the, the far left, the extremists, it cannot just be that all they ever do is react to what they're doing and complain about it. There's got to be more, which is why I reduced the amount of content I was producing on this channel and my main channel, Tim Pool, and have been focusing on expanding the business, focusing on Timcast IRL, the website, and uh, uh, the Cast Castle vlog, most importantly. That's how we win. That's how we fight back. That's how we be most effective. Because if the only thing you ever do is respond to their narrative, you never change the narrative. And I've, I've talked about this in regards to January 6th. The Democrats come out and they say, January 6th, 50 billion times. And I'm just like, shut up. Now you got a CNN clip. This lady's like, we are living through Pearl Harbor. It's like, lady, calm down. But the Republicans in Congress react to this. Instead of coming out and reframing things and saying, here's the focal point of the conversation. Let's talk about Antifa, the extremists, the violence, Black Lives Matter. Let's get a commission on COVID. Let's talk about Fauci. Now, they do that. They do. But often they just play to the narrative of the left. So when it comes to January 6th, they respond. They shouldn't. Now it's tough. I know I, it's, there's no perfect answers. It's really easy for me to be critical uh, sitting here in my room yelling at the Internet. I get it. But this is the plan. All right, let's let's learn about what's happening with these riots. I won't stop covering them. But also let's reframe the conversation when they try to claim the Gadsden flag as a symbol of the far right. And they reassign a National Guardsman from his mission in D.C. because he has a, he had, a, he had a Gadsden flag on his Facebook page. I'm like, yo, we need to make sure that we defend the symbols the ideologies that we, we believe in, classical liberalism, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, things like that, and, and just rational, pragmatic behavior. We need to defend these things, and that means we can't just always be standing in their battlefield talking about what they're doing. So for me, 
We have a variety of conversations on Timcast IRL. We do the vlog and the vlog. We just hang out and have fun because we are going to hit every single, uh, you know, uh, every area we can. So go to TimCast.com, become a member. We had, a, I had like an hour long debate with Seamus about uh, pro-life versus pro-choice, what they mean. And uh, we disagree on some things, but we agree on a lot of things. And I thought it was a really, really fascinating conversation to check it out. But anyway, I digress. I'm not trying to do a promo for the site. I'm trying to point out what we need to do to get away from the repetition that is, we just keep seeing the same thing. It's important to break down what's happening and inform everybody. So that being said, the New York Post reports fiery protests rage yet again in Minneapolis after cops fatally shoot armed fugitive. They say angry protesters lit fires, looted stores and taunted cops in Minneapolis Thursday after officers shot and killed a man who was a fugitive who whipped out a handgun when authorities closed in on him. Members of a U.S. Marshals Task Force were attempting to arrest the unidentified man around 2 p.m. on a state warrant for being a felon in possession of a fi- in possession of a firearm. I'm going to stop and just mention I'm not a fan of that. A lot of people say a lot of conservatives have told me that they think that it is it is uh, right that if someone commits a felony they lose the right to keep and bear arms. Completely disagree. Now it depends on the felony, I suppose. Some people say even violent felons, and I'm like, dude. People take plea, plea deals. Second Amendment doesn't say you lose your right to keep and bear arms if you've been convicted of a crime. I do know it says that your rights can be withheld should you uh, through due process. So I can respect the argument that would actually make sense when it comes to certain gun control measures. I'm not a fan, though. I think if we want to say like it's, it's a blanket thing, that's the problem with it. It's like, oh, you committed a felony no matter what it is. You can't have a gun. No, 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 no. It should be like a period. You committed a violent felony. You get like a four, like four years after leaving prison. Then you can't own a gun. Something like that. I think people can pay their debt to society, but I digress. Members of a U.S. Marshals Task Force were attempting to arrest the unidentified man around 2 p.m. on a state warrant for being a felon in possession of a firearm. During the incident, the subject, who was in a, in a parked car, failed to comply and produced a handgun, resulting in task force members firing upon the subject. The Hennepin County Sheriff's Department, which was part of the task force involved in the fatal arrest, said in a statement. Officers attempted to revive the man, but he was declared dead by paramedics on the scene. A woman who was in the car with the suspect sustained minor injuries from shattered glass. Several law enforcement agencies had been involved in the arrest, including local sheriff's offices, as well as the Federal Department of Homeland Security, but not Minneapolis police. Very, very interesting how that works, right? They're sending in the feds. A lot of conservatives have uh, have been warning about this, saying that they believe the efforts by Black Lives Matter, by Antifa, would be to federalize the police force. And now we can see this man's a fugitive. The Minneapolis police didn't intervene. I don't think it's completely indicative of that. I do think this guy was wanted on a, uh, on a warrant. So, of course, the marshals were going to be the ones that were moving in. DHS assisting, I suppose. I don't know if it was a federal warrant or what the issue was. It was a felon with a handgun. But uh, I think actually what we're seeing is the police are backing off. I think normally the police would have assisted. So maybe it is going to result in a federalization of police. Or you can say it's resulting in police backing off, which will likely exacerbate crime. Because, I mean, let's be honest, when the cops back away, the crime comes to stay. How about that one? They say still. Protesters shouted insults and anti-cop slogans at Minneapolis police whose officers were deployed to provide perimeter support. So, okay, so so they were actually there. Come on. It was not clear if the bust was tied to scanner reports about a man who was wanted for murder. The Tribune added the race of neither the suspect nor the officers was mentioned in the statement. But the shooting quickly intensified angry protests. Come on, New York Post. You just told me they were looting stores. Riot. 
And, okay, but the shooting quickly intensified angry riots already raging over the dismantling of George Floyd Square, even before any details of the shooting emerged, with videos showing several large fires burning in the street. Police fired flashbangs and numerous buildings were vandalized and stores were looted. Stop burning-ish, one furious woman told people standing, staring at one of the fires, caught in a video by local journalist Rebecca Brannon. Protest group organizers admitted that they were responding, even when they didn't know anything about the shooting. Quote, we understand the anger and ire here when, these, uh, when we see these police shootings. Pharaoh Merritt of crime prevention group We Push for Peace told, local pa- told the local paper. The protests were around three miles from where George Floyd was killed by ex-cop Derek Chauvin in May last year. So actually, I have the map here. Check this out. So the barriers were dismantled here at George Floyd Square. And then this is where the, this dude was shot and killed. People started protesting, and they did not even know who the man was. From Jack Posobiec. Antifa activist forgets the name of the person he is out protesting for in Minneapolis. I kid you not. This is the kind of thing that we need people to see. This is the kind of thing. Take a clip of this. Share this. Whatever you can do. This is, the, this is, the, this is what you need. Okay, so, so you, you can arm yourself with knowledge. With knowledge. When people are like, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. Bro, maybe it's not perfect. You can say, here's a guy. He's standing around, they're burning things, they're looting things, and he goes like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real, I don't even remember the guy's name who, who got shot, and they're like, oh, it's, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even know the name of the person he's out protesting for. He's not protesting for him then. Imagine if you like went somewhere and they were like, which, which musician are you here to see? And there's like three stages. You're like, man, I don't even know. Okay, well, you're not here to see him because you don't even know who you're here to see. I have an important business meeting at the top of this skyscraper. And who are you meeting with? I don't know, but I'm here for an important business meeting. They'd be like, have a nice day, sir. He doesn't even know what he's out there for. Come on, man. This is, an, this is, this is, the, this is the name of the game, dude. They don't know or care. Protesters had already been out in force in anger at city workers finally dismantling the so-called autonomous zone. No, don't call it that. It's a no-go zone that had blocked off traffic for a year at the site where Floyd was murdered. As soon as workers removed concrete barriers and parts of the memorial blocking the street, around 150 protesters there started parking cars and piling pallets in the streets again. Many remained discussing future plans, with the crowd dwindling after news came of the shooting. Mayor Jacob Frey said it will be a bit, it will be a bit touch and go and difficult over the next several days as the city tries to enforce the new area, which will still keep the several foot tall statues of a raised fist. It's called the Red Salute. That's it. It's called the Red Salute. Now, the left tries to say that it's uh, the Black Power Fist, and I'm like, that's derivative. It is the Red Salute. It is the communist fist. It's its symbol of communism that was used. Uh, and people say, but it's used for solidarity. It's used for workers' rights. And, and I'm like, right, right. Yeah, all of that is derivative of the communist salute. Don't play games, man. Call whatever you want. You're still doing it. The officers in the latest police shooting were all put on administrative leave. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension will lead the investigation. Look at that. So this guy, he's wanted literally for having a, a, a being a felon in possession of a gun. Now, in this circumstance, I, I welcome the argument that he should not have had the gun. If it was a guy who was just like, he had a gun and he shouldn't have. So he shot him. I'd be like, nah, that's bad, man. Like Philando Castile had a gun and people argue, yeah, but he had pot as well. It's like, dude, no, no, no. Keeping bare arms, you know, shall not be infringed under no pretext. Uh, in this instance, this guy was a felon. So while I can certainly advocate for restoring the rights, keep in ba- the rights of people to keep and bear arms, Constitution does make 
It does give leeway for rescinding that right should someone go through due process, they have their due process. So his, his right to keep and bear arms was taken. This is a guy who was armed and he shouldn't have been. And so something happened with the police. Now the cops are all on leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise, man. This is the name of the game. This is what we can, we can come to expect. Now, I'll tell you what really irks me about all of this is how obvious everything has been in terms of the exploitation and the expansion of the Marxist ideology and what they're really trying to, to, to go for. While you have a guy on the ground who doesn't know what he's protesting for, he doesn't even know the guy's name, what he does still helps guarantee that the giant communist fist will remain in the center of this uh, intersection. Well, it creates a roundabout, I suppose, so that can help save lives. But uh, I'm not a fan of there being a giant communist fist, you know, being put up in the United States. And for that matter, our embassies have begun flying giant communist fists. Why? Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Because, because they're serious, you know, I, I can't remember who, 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 who said it, but uh, we were talking about last night in the IRL podcast, the left is serious. And I know many on the right are, but many on the right aren't. They're just unfortunately not serious. They vote for Republicans like Mitch McConnell. Now, don't get me wrong. Voting for Donald Trump was proof that many Republicans and many more as more and more people started to vote for Trump and support him shows that many more on the right were becoming serious. So we'll see what happens next in 2022. But if you take a look at the strategy of the left and everything they've been doing, I mean, they're going to keep gaining ground. It's an erosion. People on the right are not good at this. I'm not saying that to be disrespectful, but it's true. The left knows how to organize. They know how to frame conversations. They, they know how to create. Uh, they, they know how to do it. They have infiltrated media. They've infiltrated the federal government. And now what happens? Joe Biden comes out and he blames white supremacy. Okay, well, I, I, how many, how many right wing of protests have there been? It was the riot at the Capitol on January 6th. They called it an insurrection. What do you call this? Sustained. So let me, let me explain what we often see. The left does what I refer to as blunt force tactics. They'll punch you in the face. Not enough damage to, 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 to make national news, right? It's not going to make national news that you went outside and some guy punched you. No one's going to care but they all do it. So when you have thousands of instances of regular people being beaten, none of these on their own rise to the level of being national news. What happens? No one hears about it. But the people who experience it tell their friends and the people who see it happening locally get scared and then bend the knee. On the right, they do what we often see on the fringe right, what I would refer to as like acute force tactics. And that's where you see like storming the Capitol building in D.C., that's serious. 
Of course, it'll make national news. That's like the that's where the Electoral College vote was uh, was happening and it was disrupted. So while it was just a riot, a riot at one building is a very important building. So because of that, that's all anyone hears about. It's juicy. It's salacious. The media can can run with it. The media can't run with Antifa punches guy. Nobody cares. Now, when it happened to Andy, no, they can. The first time he got attacked, it became so serious. I mean, just brutally beaten, teeth bleeding, ears bleeding that mainstream media was finally forced to cover it. Now we have another instance where they're finally being forced to, to, to cover it, although this one's a little bit different. The first time around, it was finally a shock to the system. I don't think this latest attack on Andy will have the same impact because, well, look, the left controls the cultural institutions and you can break through once, but you have to like keep changing strategies. It reminds it's, it's really it really is a lot like fighting the Borg. And I'll explain. It, how many of you are fans of Star Trek The Next Generation? In uh, that episode where they first encounter the Borg, Q sends them off to the Delta Quadrant or whatever. And when they're firing their phasers on the Borg, the phasers work. The next time they fire, phasers don't work. So then they have to modulate frequencies to try and actually deal damage to the Borg. Long story short, if you don't like my Star Trek analogy, the point is you can only try the same tactic so many times, right? And, and or, or the, the, it, things become less and less effective because they're very much the Borg. They're a collective hive. They sacrifice their own in order to make political gains to, to, to gain power. And it's a very difficult thing to, to, to defeat. I'll show you the sacrifices they're willing to make. So this is, uh, I'll just, uh, here's what I tweeted. They decided killing hundreds of thousands of people in a pandemic was worth having BLM protests. So this Twitter user, Amanda says, yep, this was my woke breaking point last year. In one tweet, a guy named Carl T. Bergstrom, verified Twitter user, says, many people have asked me whether the ongoing Black Lives Matter protests around the country pose a risk of increasing coronavirus spread. As a scientist, I acknowledge that they may. As a citizen, I wholeheartedly support the protest nonetheless. And then he goes on to say, oh, you know, police tactics are, are bad and we have to stop this. You then have Dr. Ellie Murray verified. Angry commenters are trying to gotcha me on this tweet. So let me be clear. Yes, I condemn the anti-lockdown protests. Yes, I support Black Lives Matter protests. No, those aren't contradictory views. COVID is a public health emergency. So is racism. We need to fight both. Lady, the anti-lockdown protests inadvertently supported the Black Lives Matter protests. It is contradictory. If you agree with the right of people to go out and protest, the anti-lockdown protesters agreed with you. Not rioting, by the way. But look at look at all of these. Look at these posts. She said, thank you, Dr. Uh, Bender Ignacio or Bender Ignacio, this is in, and colleagues for writing this open letter on an anti-racist public health response to protest against systemic injustice. I have signed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the point. Dear Twitter, please sign and pass it on. They wanted everybody to go out and riot. Mass riots last year during a pandemic. Check this out. Here we go. Newsweek. More than 1,500 Minnesota businesses damaged in George Floyd protests expect to take years to rebuild. A year on. We have nothing for David Dorn, a retired police captain who was trying to check up on his friend's business, was shot and killed by a violent criminal as these people rioted, as they supported the rioters, as Kamala Harris defended them. This is what the right needs to do. They need to be reframing the discussion. They need to be in control of the narrative. They need to get better at how this works. Now, I get it. Left-wing media is real, uh, uh, real good 
at, uh, at controlling the narrative, they've infiltrated the news organizations. It's funny, I was talking about MSNBC on, um, I can't remember who we were talking with. I was watching that movie Deep Impact where the, the, there's a, if you haven't seen it, it's a reporter, she works for MSNBC and she discovers there's going to be an extinction level event, comet's going to hit the earth or something. Back then, MSNBC was a serious news outlet. Now it's just left wing, you know, garbage propaganda. But uh, I was told that it used to position itself as right of center. And I think even Tucker Carlson was on MSNBC at one point. So there was a huge dramatic shift. They were infiltrated. They found a path to money and they took it. Republicans, conservatives, moderates, anti-woke, the intellectual dark web types, whatever you want to call it, need to start understanding how these tactics work and how you need to reframe things and break through. So long as massive multinational corporations think their path towards making money is through wokeness, they'll keep doing it. So long as they do and put money into it, YouTube will say we side with this. YouTube cares about money. Yes, there's a lot of ideologues at YouTube, but they're concerned about losing ad revenue. So what do they say? Anything that would offend or scare our advertisers, we will uh, uh, we'll push back on. So I'll tell you one thing, my friends, the ultimate technique, the ultimate tactic. Here's what you want to do. If you are looking for something to do to have a serious impact to change the world, start getting jobs at advertising agencies. I'm not kidding. Because that's where the money is for these big businesses. And when someone walks in and they go to the the meeting and they're like, here's our plan for a commercial. And it's like an anti-woke commercial. They're just going to say, okay, here's the money, go do it. And that shapes culture. But for now, Look at what Joe Biden said. Joe Biden said this recently. He was like, he's like, I, ch- I challenge you, man, you know, two, two to three out of five, two to three out of five, sure. Two to three out of five of commercials, a mixed race family. What are they doing? Selling soap, man. That's what he said. I think he was trying to argue that things are good, like advertising is showing that there's like diversity on the way or something. But the, the, the point I'm bringing up is it's true. Uh, TV commercials do overwhelmingly show mixed race families these days. And the reason for it is they're trying to advertise to the widest market possible. I don't think they're doing it. I think it's, it's, it's a very serious challenge. They're trying to be like, you know, you have like a black woman, so they're trying to market to her and you have like a white man. But in the end, speaking as a mixed race person, it just ends up becoming kind of strange that they're marketing to one of the smallest demographics in the country, mixed race people, of which there is no monolith. Because just because you are of different backgrounds doesn't mean you associate with somebody who's mixed race as well. I digress. The point is, advertising shapes everything else. If the advertisers came out and said, we are angry that YouTube is pushing this or that ideology or Marxism, YouTube would ban it in two seconds. Now, it would cause a mass freak out within YouTube. Don't get you. Absolutely. But that's the reality. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. It's all grifters, all the way down. OK Boomer, TikTok influencer called a hypocrite after showing off $2 million flat. You may remember Miss Nico Lull. She made a video where she was wearing that Bernie shirt. In fact, she is the star of the painting we have in the Timcast IRL studio that shows Joe Biden emerging from the shadows as a Junji Ito style monster and then consuming this young woman like literally eating her body. Uh, She has the Bernie thing. It's backwards. It's by uh, G Prime 85, George Oxopolis. So uh, we're all very familiar with her. She made a video where she's dancing with the Bernie shirt. Got 50 million views. You may have seen it. She recently was wearing a tax the rich hoodie and she's endorsed democratic socialist views. She is now being roasted 
because she made a YouTube video showing off her $2 million apartment with many people saying she fled where she lived previously so that she could pay less taxes in Texas. Some people pointed out that Texas have, has no like state income tax or something like that. I don't know if that's true. I think it's, look, here, here we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play a game, my friends. I actually have some defense of Miss Nico Lull, and I have a rude awakening for most people who are critical of her politics. Could it be that guys want to give attractive women money and they don't care about her politics? Yes. Over on Reddit, people are saying, I literally could care less what her politics are. One dude even saying, I only follow her for her body. Well, there you go. I think she knows that. I don't think she has strong political views, but uh, this is the issue. I want to point something out. It's all grifters all the way down, baby. It's all grifters, okay? Every single person, every single one of them, all right? Because everyone's going to accuse everyone else of being a grifter, but everyone thinks they're doing good work because no one is the villain in their own story. So what, what do you get? Well, if your views align with a large enough group of people, those people will support you. And if that makes your views at odds with another group of people, they'll oppose you. In the end, this is a story about an attractive young woman who has lots of followers because she's an attractive young woman, and her politics are completely ancillary. It, it doesn't matter. It is, it is less to do with her success. Now, I will point out, why is Tim Pool, who typically talks about politics, weighing in on a TikTok influencer and hypocrisy? It's because there is a very amazing phenomenon which needs to be brought up when we're talking about finance and politics and culture. And it's that these democratic socialist type are all about taxing the rich and the millionaires and the billionaires until they themselves become the millionaires and the billionaires. Just like with Bernie Sanders, what does Miss Nico Lull say now? I think when people are talking about the rich, what they're really trying to say is the billionaires and people with like an obscene amount of money. No, I don't. When I talk about the wealthy, I'm quite literally talking about the wealthy, which includes people who have a million dollars and includes people who have a billion dollars and people who have $180 billion like Jeff Bezos. But I think my, my intention is just to get to the truth. I don't fault Jeff Bezos for having $180 billion. Congratulations on making Amazon. I fault him for being a creepy authoritarian weirdo who bans books. Mark Zuckerberg, congratulations. Hardworking guy made, it, made a platform that's very powerful and now he controls elections. I don't blame him for being successful and rich. I don't blame him for being a billionaire. I blame them for what they do with their billions of dollars. But it's tough. It's tough. Everybody, everybody complains about everybody else about what they should or shouldn't be doing with their money. And there's no easy way out. You know, people criticize me and they say, you know, now there's a big controversy. People are like, Tim changed once he got money, man. It's like, uh, actually, I didn't. I'm doing much of the exact same thing I've always done. And I tell you this, man, it is true. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. Mo money, mo problems. It, it doesn't mean that life gets worse. You know that old song, Mo Money, Mo Problems? It doesn't mean that your life is worse off. No, let's be real, dude. People, you, like, Money makes your life better, period. Look at Nico Low, man. $2 million apartment. Congratulations, lady. Your, your career's taken off and you got, you got wealth. You know, maybe, maybe now your opinions will change. She's claiming, claiming her opinions haven't changed. That's not true. Her opinions have changed. Or at the very least, she's now expressing them quite differently, much like Bernie Sanders did. Bernie Sanders became a millionaire and then told people, if you want to be a millionaire, go write a best-selling book. No joke. And then he stopped saying the millionaires. Bernie Sanders used to go, the millionaires and billionaires in this country. 
Then he started saying, that was actually kind of a weird Bernie Trump. Anyway, now he says the billionaires in this country. He really did. There was an article. It was hilarious. It was like, you can actually track the moment Bernie stopped saying millionaires. And I thought it was funny because I'm like, dude, somebody's got $900 million. It's like, they're almost a billionaire and they can absolutely manipulate politics in the election and all that. You don't need that much money to do it. So I'm still critical of all of the same stuff in the same way, even though my business has been successful. I'm actually, the way I have to explain it to people, so I made a video uh, uh, on uh, the vlog. We have the Cast Castle vlog. Inside Tim Pool's crazy million dollar skate mansion. Yes, I'll explain to you now why Nico Lull made a video talking about her $2 million flat. Because she's trying to get clicks. She's trying to make people see this and be like, I want to see something I don't normally see. If you take a look at Casey Neistat's vlogs, he was often doing like the $50,000 plane ticket, the million dollar, you know, train ride or whatever. And you'd get tens of millions of views. Because people want to see what it's, you know, they want, they want to, it's like people want to be hopeful, I guess. They want to see something big and crazy. They want to believe in grandiose visions of things. So Nico Lull is just trying to play the game. She is a capitalist. She may say she supports some democratic socialism, but she is a capitalist true to her heart. And and, and I'm not saying that to, to, to drag her. I mean, she's running her business rather effectively. Now, I am an unrepentant capitalist. I love and accept and appreciate capitalism. So no one cared when I was like, look at my million dollar mansion. People were like, that's cool. But I'll point out the, the skate mansion that we have, it's it's a workplace. And one of the reasons we're slow to make these vlogs every day is because it's actually kind of boring for the most part. Like we just I, I just sit here and work and read all day and people are in a, on a computer doing administrative work. And then we have this big space we want to make seem exciting when it's probably not as exciting as you actually think. And I'll, I'll, I'll break it down for you. Let me let me read you some of the criticism first and then I'll, and I'll lay down a defense of, of Nico Lull in some capacity and a, and a very heavy criticism of the democratic socialist movement. Now, and again, I'm not saying all democratic socialists. There are a lot of them who absolutely are true to their values. Indy 100 says, OK, boomer TikTok influencer called hypocrite after showing off $2 million flat. They say Nicole Sanchez, known as Nico Lil, became an online sensation last year after uploading a clip of herself to TikTok sporting a Bernie Sanders t-shirt while dancing to a song consisting of the lyrics, whatever you say, boomer. OK, boomer. Sanchez, 23, who has also endorsed Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Tax the Rich t-shirt, is prolific across all the main social media platforms, racking up well over a million followers. But she is now being accused of bragging about her wealth after uploading a video offering fans a $2 million apartment tour. The 10 minute long video sees her flaunting off her smart Martha Stewart style kitchen controlled via iPad, East Wing gaming room, master bedroom with 180 degree views of the city skyline and walk in wardrobe, among other fancy features. However, however, viewers were largely unimpressed by Sanchez's new home with one clip racking up almost 10 times as many dislikes as likes on YouTube alone. One one person wrote Nico's whole M.O. or modus operandi. Ew, rich people. Also, Nico, $2 million apartment tour. Another said she went from eat the rich to let them eat cake very quickly, while the third offered a more general assessment. The overwhelming majority of people who endorse socialism love living their capitalist lifestyles. There it is. That's true. If you're a socialist in this country and you're making a ton of money, I, I, I just, Nico, you like Bernie, you want to tax the rich, you want to fight for the cause, 
and, and Hassan as well. Guys, I, I'm, from the bottom of my heart, I mean this sincerely. Have you considered a startup city? No, I'm not even kidding. I'm like legit. Because uh, I've looked at, you know, right now, so we're, we're basically in like the Harper's Ferry area. Most people have already figured that out by now. And so it's, it's basically out there. And this is, the West, this is the West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia area. There is a lot of suffering in this area. In West Virginia, people are, you know, they're not, they're not making enough money. In uh, the area in Western Maryland, it's a lot of drugs, really bad. And so I've been thinking about getting away from cities and creating an opportunity to give people jobs for, for you know, local work and stuff like that. So we've hired a ton of local work for contracting and things like that. It helps revitalize the area. And that's awesome. So for Nico and Hassan, uh, I mean, I'm not being critical in any capacity. I'm genuinely suggesting you guys could take your Internet operations where you make this money and bring it to a smaller town or area. I don't know where where Hassan lives. I think he lives in California. But you, this would be a great opportunity to create a community that has your values. You can go to a small town that's maybe lost industry and is dying and essentially use capitalism in a way to create a more democratically socialist community. So if you go to a small town, of which there are many, where there's still a lot of buildings, they need a lot of work, and the local community is suffering, you could then come in, infuse money into the system, and with that, invite more people to join in this town to work, and you guys share values, and you vote for those shared values. In the United States, nothing is stopping any socialist from starting their own commune. You are legally allowed to do it. Ron Paul brings it up. I strongly encourage them to do so. You don't have to live in these big cities and be a DSA type. You don't have to advocate for taxing a bunch of other people. You can just take the bull by the horns yourself figuratively and do it. So in the meantime, it is interesting that many of these people do enjoy their capitalist lifestyles. Here's my big criticism. I am fully, fully aware that I am standing atop a throne of skulls. You think I don't know that? Do you not realize this? The slave labor and oppression that goes into the creation of these cameras and these computers and these microphones. I know it. And it's bad. So I don't, uh, I stopped buying iPhones because of what was going on at the Foxconn laboratory. And I'm well aware about the other things that are manufactured by Foxconn. And I do my best to try to avoid these things. I take care about my diet. We've been trying, uh, uh, we've been focusing much more on local farm raised products, beefs, going to farms, not only better for your health. I'm not a big fan of factory farms. We have our own chickens. I am far from perfect. I am absolutely worthy of criticism, but I try my best. Now, just coming out and having that message and saying, hey, support Democratic Socialist candidates like Bernie, it's not enough in my opinion. You've got to live it, live by example and encourage others and expand upon these ideas. As for Nico Lowell, I do not believe that she's actually a hardcore political figure. I don't think she cares all that much. I think she's a regular young woman who was enthralled by the political landscape of 2020 and, you know, 2019 or whatever. And Bernie was on the rise. So she got a Bernie shirt and she's saying what many people her age and around her have been saying. But she doesn't know a whole lot about it. I don't fault her for it, nor do I actually care. She's not a prominent political figure with influence in politics. People are literally watching her videos and just saying they like her body. They're allowed to say that that's the nature of the Internet. I do find it funny how people really, really don't like this, this phenomenon of, uh, you know, women on Twitch and everything and, and OnlyFans. And I'll tell you this. Yeah, I'm not a fan of like women who just get paid for the, for the sake of being women, but welcome to human humanity. I do think technology has created a problem in that now you've got people online who instead of going out and, you know, finding that special someone, 
They just give money to these, you know, attractive young women on the internet. And these attractive young women on the internet, instead of going out and finding that someone just make money by being cute and, you know, saying cute things on the internet. But also, I'm fairly libertarian. I'm not, I got no beef, uh, none whatsoever. I, actually, I'm impressed by the capitalistic endeavors that she's accomplished. But let's talk about something here. First, let me show you, uh, uh, this is the video from Nico Lowe. Look at that beautiful, beautiful view. She gets 100,000 views on this video. Those thumbs down mean very little in the long run. It can be bad for a channel getting thumbs down. So, you know, a lot of people don't like it. But ultimately, she gets a ton, ton of views. She gets a ton of PR. She's becoming more and more famous and good for her. Now, let's talk financial, financial stuff before we get back into the Bernie Sanders stuff. A $2 million apartment, what does that mean? Perhaps she got uh, an adjustable rate loan with no money down or something. Or, or, or maybe she got a fixed mortgage at a really high percentage with no money down. So maybe she's paying 5%, zero down, literally zero down. Her monthly expenses on this apartment probably come to around, I'd imagine, eight to $10,000 on her mortgage, a good portion of which, probably like most of it, is going towards interest, effectively paying rent to a bank. She can brag about her $2 million apartment, but she lives with some other guy. They're probably splitting it. And yeah, you know, four to five grand a piece, it ain't chump change. But she is a successful internet personality. So of course she can afford it. It is a lot of people assume that simply because she has a $2 million apartment, she has $2 million. She doesn't. She actually has, if she owns it, the asset on her books and the liabilities. And because of the interest, her liabilities outweigh her assets and her net worth is probably negative. No joke. So what happens is once you reach a, a certain level of income, I'd imagine, I don't know how much she's making. She did a video where she talked about it. I don't think she's a millionaire, but I certainly think she's making several hundred thousand dollars, which is more than enough to finance a $2 million apartment. Is she wealthy? Yes. Do I think she's the 1%? I honestly don't. She may be. She very well may be. And maybe she is. Okay. So, so actually, let me take that back. She's probably the 1%, but not the 0.1%. But let's talk about tax and the rich. Before I do, I will simply point out, she's been getting slammed on all of her YouTube videos. People are not happy <laughs> over this stuff. And so uh, they're giving her a lot of thumbs down. I don't think she really cares all that much. I don't think it's going to neg negatively impact her in the long run. But she does have a video here called, How Much Money Do I Make? Googling myself. In it, she says this. I think at the end of the day, they do mean like billionaires. Now, here's where we can talk about the politics and Mr. Bernie Sanders. I actually think we should tax the rich. I, I do. However, the problem is I don't like the idea of just giving money to a corrupt government. So that actually puts me in the milquetoast fence-sitter category of, I don't know what, what should we should do. Like, I don't like the idea that the millionaires and the billionaires in this country have undue influence over our elections. And you get people like Michael Bloomberg and Tom Steyer who dump half a million, a half a billion dollars into an election cycle to ban guns. And it's effective. These blue states start banning guns across the board because the ultra wealthy are pushing this. And then people say, yeah, well, it's a free market and the right can do it. Yes, please tell me where are the right wing billionaires to defend our gun rights? Sure, I know you have the Koch brothers, you have the Mercers, but the left has more institutional power and more money. So we've got ourselves a very serious problem. I do not like the idea of the ultra wealthy having more say than a person because rights are not to be voted upon. I have a right to keep and bear arms. Just because Tom Steyer is a billionaire doesn't give him the right 
to manipulate the elections through propaganda commercials and campaigns to take my rights away. That being said, yeah, I, I, people tweet at me. They're like, you want to text the rich, Tim? Start with you, bro. I ain't a leftist. Well, actually, I mean, I'm kind of left, but I'm not one of these hypocritical morons. I know what that means. I pay taxes. I pay a lot of taxes. The problem I have with the system is that we probably shouldn't be ramping up massive taxes on people just because they make $401,000. I mean, granted, they're only paying a high tax on that $1,000, but we should be creating a higher tax bracket for those who are making more than 15 or $20 million. I don't like Zuckerberg manipulating the game. I don't like him playing these games. But take a look at the likes of the Democratic Socialists, Bernie Sanders, Nico Lowe. They talk about the rich all day and night, but as soon as they break that barrier, so maybe she's a millionaire, I don't know. As soon as they break that barrier, what happens? You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. I just mean the billionaires. Nobody really means the millionaires. I do. I legit mean the millionaires. That guy who's sitting on $500 million and can dump $20 million into a local election and then jam critical race theory and a ban on guns through the vote. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I think it's got to be consent of the governed. But it's funny how this happens, right? CNBC reported this. Bernie Sanders is saying millionaires less often. One way his 2020 message has changed. Now, why did that happen, Bernie? What, 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 what happened, Bernie? Oh, think progress. April 10th, 2019. Bernie Sanders is a millionaire. The one percenter hopes no one notices that he's moved up in the world. I got no problem with Bernie being a millionaire. In fact, more power to him. If you want to be a millionaire, maybe you should write a best-selling book too, right? How about that, Bernie? That's what you said? No, Bernie's right. The problem is, here's the problem I have with this. These ultra-wealthy democratic socialists, bro, you bought a $2 million apartment. I understand, like I said, she may have put no money down, but she doesn't need it. She genuinely does not need it. It's luxury. Now, I know people are looking at me and saying, Tim, you got this million dollar skate mansion. My actual house, believe it or not, my actual house, tiny, very tiny. I think it's like, a, uh, let me let me think. It's a three bedroom, like a thousand square feet. Why? It's all I need. Uh, and, and, you know, it's in the woods. It's great. This is a production facility for a business <clears throat> and it operates for the business. So if Nico wants to get a $2 million property because she's expanding her operation and wants to you know, grow and do more and spread that message, more power to her. But if someone who claims to be a democratic socialist is buying massive luxuries, then I'm going to call them out. Sorry. So I can defend her in a certain sense that I don't think she's actually political, but then I would humbly request that many of these political figures like Bernie and anybody else who's making tons of money off democratic socialism do some simple thing. Give. Don't give it all the way. You're allowed to be rich, but give. 
Democratic socialists think that we should have a socialist system, but that it should, that it should be voted for. They don't believe in authoritarian communism where you, you know, go and make people do it. They think you persuade them over a long period of time. And you know what? They're right. However, I think socialism, socialism is wrong. And I think they'll have to use propaganda techniques. And that's coercion, manipulation. But if you have money, Nico, and you want to do this, like seriously, why buy a $2 million apartment? I never understood that. I never, I never, never did. I know a lot of people are like, Tim, you have a Tesla. I have a Tesla for one reason. It is an electric car that I can hook up because I was worried about gas shortages and I want to be able to operate the business. So yes, it is true. I have luxury, 100%. But I'm also not a socialist. And I also do help out causes and, and, and try to give as much as I can. We've done a bunch of GoFundMes where I've paid off medical bills for people whose pets were injured because they couldn't afford it. It was thousands of dollars. I, I tell people all the time, if you become a member at my website, TimCast.com, uh, and, and we'll call it a half promo, I guess. I'm, I'm not going to go buy an infinity pool with it. You know, we might make a hot tub powered by Doge mining rigs. And the goal of doing that is to build culture. Here's what you need to understand about all of this. You may be critical of Nico Lull, but I'll tell you one thing. She's winning 100%. First and foremost, she's rich. And, uh, you know, congratulations. More importantly, when she wears that tax the rich and that Bernie shirt, a lot of people will defend it for the sake of for just, just because she's Nico Lowell and they like her. So what happens? Nico is producing culture. She's buying a million, multi-million dollar apartment. Maybe she's not buying it. Maybe she's renting it. She's making these videos that are attracting large viewership. And when people watch, they see Bernie on her shirt. That is massively powerful. You want to know what I did? The opposite. We set up a skate park venue. We're going to have people come out, hang out. And I have a Gadsden flag. Because I recognize the power of what she's doing and what they do. Now, a lot of people on the right are slamming her. By all means, do so. I think there's hypocrisy in here. But you need to understand this works. You call her a hypocrite all day and night, her fans will double down and defend her. So what should we do? We have the advantage of being ideologically correct. Or, or, or I should say pure. And what do I mean by that? Correct and pure. Well, uh, socialism doesn't work. It's never worked. And uh, as people who believe in capitalist, be it laissez-faire or people who think there should be some regulations or whatever, we believe in a free market to a greater extent. Yes, that's what works. I don't think laissez-faire capitalism works perfectly, but it certainly works better than communism or even anarcho-communism. But I'll tell you what's pure. Me saying I am a capitalist who seeks to build a business and then making money and being like I made money. I think it's funny. Somebody tweeted at me. They were like, this just proves, you know, Tim, Tim just wants to make money. Blah, blah. I'm like, bro, we're all capitalists here. So cry me a river. Of course, we're all trying to make money. But come on, if you think people are going out the villains of their own story, you're wrong. So it's all grifters all the way down, baby. Every single one. You might not like what I have to say or what I, or what I do. The left certainly doesn't. And now I got a bunch of people on the right who are mad at me about my opinions. But so be it. These are my opinions. I'll tell you what I'll never do. If you are on the right and you are mad about what I said about Andy, no, by all means, you're allowed to be mad and yell at me all day and night. But I'll tell you this, I will never withdraw my opinion from the public discourse because I am afraid of losing money because this proves it's not about money for me. In fact, I say it all the time. I'd love nothing more than to just go skate every day, take a vacation, you know, go to a mountaintop. But I'm passionate about this stuff. I have opinions. I'm going to say them. And you don't always like them. It makes it very difficult for me to compete with the likes of some of these bigger, more staunch conservative or leftist channels. 
If, if, if any one of these people running these big leftist YouTubes or big right wing YouTubes had an ounce of the work ethic that I and my company did, they would be infinitely larger. But I'll tell you what I won't do. I won't just pander for the sake of pandering. My opinions are legit, my opinions, and that puts me at odds with the tribes. There is not a big space in the center. You'd think there would be. It used to be that way. Now, hyperpolarization means you're in the left tribe or in the right tribe. Clearly, there is a portion of a, a large portion of people who watch this who lean towards the anti-woke, anti-establishment. And I guess that's colloquially referred to as the right. I do have a lot of left wing viewers, but believe it or not, most people who watch my content are probably going to be much more moderate than people on the left or right. Makes it very difficult to grow. It does. I know that if I come out and just say whatever the right wants to hear, I'll get way more viewers and make way more money. The grifters, they know this. They'll come out and say tax the rich all day and night and then flaunt their capitalistic wealth. Now, nah, I'll admit it. I'm a capitalist. I think the wealth, the wealthy should have, there should be some kind of taxation or, or, or um, restrictions on wealth inequality in some capacity. I don't know ultimately, I, I say tax the rich, but I don't know if ultimately that, ultimately that works. Giving the government just doesn't, money just doesn't fix that problem. So honestly, I don't know how you solve for it. Maybe you don't. And that's the issue. I don't have all the answers. Just a lot of opinions. So I'll tell you this. Hey, Bernie, more power to you. Congratulations on being a millionaire. And Bernie, I don't think calls himself a socialist. Maybe he does. Whatever. As for Nico Lowell, it's all about the billionaires, isn't it? Well, congratulations, because you know what? You can be mad at her all day and night. She's going to be spreading democratic socialism to a lot of ignorant young people who just like her. You can rag on her all day and night, but she's winning. Accept that. Recognize why it's working and then counter it. Like I will make a skate park with a Gadsden flag in it. And we're going to do more things like that. The American flag, pro-America, all that stuff. And we're going to do silly, fun things. The goal of Cast Castle is not to be a silly trash vlog. It's to be a silly trash vlog that loves America and believes in freedom, classical liberalism, the rights of the individual, gives space to people who are marginalized by the media, whose voices need to be heard. And maybe it will be mainstream. And that's the point. We are going to make sure that people see this stuff and are like, that's cool. And that kids will grow up and be inspired by it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.